welcome everyone to another episode of Love You Later by the podcast, what I'm calling and referring to it as otherwise known as the Psych Monologues. I am Dr. Ray Mitch, your host, and uh, this podcast represents an opportunity for uh, me to talk to my seniors that are uh, Zooming up, no pun intended, of course, because we're living by Zoom uh, the Zoom platform and video conferencing. Uh, but in spite of all that, um, we are Zooming up to the end of the semester. And I have spent a good portion of my time over the last couple of days putting together a retrospective video. And uh, it has gotten me into a uh, retrospective place. Uh, looking back over the last few years of, of time, in all the time that I've spent talking to um, the seniors that are part of our program and and uh, reflecting on life as we know it and some of the lessons that we've been talking about uh, in light of just the world that we're in right now uh, because it's a unique time for sure and in a lot of ways we have been exiled to our homes and how do we handle exile? Uh, I know for me I have uh, my my uh, truck has gotten to be even more uh, uh, um, uh, important to me as a means of of uh, getting some space and getting some uh, clear headedness back uh, in terms of being confined to my home, and that is uh, not a pleasant feeling at all. Uh, in spite of the fact that I'm I'm somebody that I would I would probably uh, characterize myself as an introvert, and yet. Uh, in a lot of cases, uh, even with being the introvert that I am, uh, there are there's a balancing point between uh, connecting with people and also just spending time uh, with mm-hmm. myself. So uh, we have been working through uh, with this podcast a few of the major kind of life lessons, as I've been referring to them, uh, that uh, I have been talking about over the years and. And those of you that have not or are not a student of mine or have not been a student of mine and want to listen in, you're more than welcome to do so. Uh, and that's uh, very much a part of the landscape of what we're talking about in Love You Later by the podcast. Um, I, I wanted to turn my attention tonight on another life lesson. We've been looking at a variety of things in terms of the journey mattering and and um, what kind of uh, the way we see people, uh, whether it's persons or uh, humans. Uh, now, that may seem like a, a deft uh, uh, sleight of hand when it comes to just semantics. You know, but uh, I think when we talk about people as persons, we talk about them as people to be known rather than people as objects and things to be studied. And that's me being somebody who has um, been trained and spent a lot of my time in talking to people over the years. And uh, I have found myself um, rethinking how I approach people, uh, even as a psychologist and, and with all the training that I come from. So we've looked at that. We've looked at uh, the, the nature of big T and little t truth and how that operates in our lives. We've also spent some time looking at stained glass self and, 
and uh, the ways in which we find or uh, the ways in which we um, out, uh, um, construct ways of creating an image of who we are rather than who we really are and how much that contributes to our loneliness um, in a lot of ways. And so uh, I want to spend a little time tonight looking at um, the, what, I, what I would assert to uh, your uh, consideration at least. And it goes this way, you can't give away what you don't own. If you don't own your own heart, then how can you give it away to anyone? Uh, and that's the overarching principle. That's kind of the, the uh, big idea. Now, let me take a little time to unpack it. Because when it comes to our relationships with, with other people, we tend to focus a lot on the external. Uh, what they're thinking, what their perceptions are, uh, how they see us. Uh, and, and in addition to that, how they see us is also probably have something to do with how we see us. Uh, in a lot of cases, um, we attribute our thoughts to somebody else. But the, the focal point of this has more to do with the, the heart, the human heart, not the thing that beats in your chest, but the thing that is the core of our being, our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, our um, wishes, our dreams, all of those things that are very much a part of the biblical understanding of the human heart. And this uh, overarching kind of understanding has everything to do with how I handle where I end and somebody else begins. In, in a word, it's all about boundaries. Now, I, I understand all too cl clearly that my students, the minute I start talking about this, their eyes start rolling back in their head and they uh, their eyes glaze over and they say to themselves, I have heard this so many times, I'm tired of hearing it. And yet, this phrase that I just said, you can't give away what you don't own, is something that oftentimes I will say at a wedding. Because if I don't take the time to understand and grasp and own my own heart, then how in the world am I going to give it away to anyone else? So what that means is that I've got to find some way to figure out what it is I own. Now, let me, let me give you some examples here, or at least flesh this in for you a little bit. Um, the, the early, early in my career, I was working at a place called the Minerth Meyer Clinic. Uh, it, it has since become New Life Clinic, and then it's gone through some other iterations. Um, but we were working with and, and talking a lot about boundaries and in terms of how they operate within relationships and within families. And that was about the same time that um, John Townsend and Henry Cloud came out with their book, Boundaries. Me and two other friends of mine that were both there, all, all there, we were all therapists at, at the Minerth Meyer Clinic. We were working in the hospital. Uh, we decided to get together. Actually, we were approached to actually write a 365-day devotional about boundaries. And every third one uh, was one that, we, that I wrote and then my other two compatriots wrote. One was about um, how do you know if you have boundary issues. The second one was 
um, now that you know that you've got a boundary issue or some problem with boundaries, what do you do? And then the part that I contributed to this uh, little devotional was how do I maintain good boundaries? And so the, the, the idea then is uh, how, how, where do I end? Like I said a minute ago, where do I end and somebody else begins? Now, in the physical sense, that's pretty easy to figure out, right? I mean, our skin is probably the most tangible boundary that we have. We know where we end and somebody else starts because our skin demarcates us, demarcates where who we are and what contains us, if you will. When it comes to the emotional world, it's a little bit different, partly because our boundaries get a little fuzzier when it comes to that, partly because we want something from somebody else. Oftentimes it's approval, oftentimes it's affirmation, it's any number of things that come into play when we're talking about boundaries themselves. And oftentimes we end up uh, not paying attention to that which is our property, if you want to put it that way, and that is our own hearts. And there are numerous verses throughout Proverbs that indicates that my heart is my responsibility. It is primarily my responsibility. And I would point you to a key verse on that re- in that regard. And that is Proverbs 4.23 that says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And that's, that's what I want to kind of camp on here for the, the, the minutes remaining. Is that one way to think about your heart it, it, is that it is the well out of which all of life flows uh, from within you and touches people's lives and impacts them. And what I do to take care of that well has everything to do with the impact that it has on the people around me. If I don't take care of that well, if I don't find some way to put an appropriate fence around that well, then people will come and go, throw trash in it, do all sorts of things with it. And then I will get angry and upset and feel violated and uh, people have uh, um, uh, overstepped their bounds is the word oftentimes we use in spite of the fact that I've never really put up much of a defense about it. See, boundaries are key to healthy relationships. And if we don't own our own heart, then how can I give it to anyone else? Which by definition requires me to spend some time knowing what's there. Another place in Proverbs talks about that the joys of the heart are known only to the person who experiences those things. One of the things that I've noticed in the time that we're in with this uh, quarantine and uh, uh, stay-at-home orders and safer-at-home orders and all the other things is that in a lot of cases it has turned people's attention to the condition of their own hearts. And sometimes that's a very uncomfortable thing to do because what we find there is the very thing that we've spent most of our lives trying to avoid. 
whether it's through distractions or whether it's through other relationships or whether it's through uh, manipulating and managing other people so that they uh, medicate and manage my uh, sense of myself and who I am. And that's, that's part of the challenge, I think, ultimately in meeting people where they are is that I have to start with me. Now, in a lot of uh, um, arenas within the Christian realm, when I say I have to start with me and I have to take care of me, it is immediately in a knee-jerk way labeled as being selfish. And yet, what? how do I take care of me then? Is it always selfish? Well, in the physical realm, we never think much about it, actually. I... Excuse me. I don't think that I feel guilty about brushing my teeth. Or I don't feel guilty about feeding my body. But somehow when it comes to taking care of my own heart and creating a space to know what that is and creating a space to, to even protect it from people who are far less vigilant about caring for it, Somehow I feel guilty. I would go even farther and say, somehow I feel some sense of shame because I'm being a bad person. I'm not being um, selfless enough or I'm not being a good Christian or I'm being mean or I'm any number of things that we add into this picture when we're talking about taking care of our own hearts. That's the challenge ultimately is... If I don't take care of my heart, then what exactly do I have to give away? And that's what we've been given the challenge to do, is that if I'm going to walk alongside other people that I care about, then I have to take care of the very thing that I'm offering to them. If I don't take care of that, then what exactly do I have to offer? I'll end with this thought. I had a friend of mine that once pointed out the fact that either we can be a reservoir or a ditch. In a lot of cases, the the water that flows out of our well flows through the ditch and, and before too long, the ditch is empty and dry. On the other hand, if I can figure out a way to cultivate a reservoir that the well feeds and adds to and, and, uh, adds life to and in that reservoir life lives abundantly and the overflow of that reservoir then blesses everyone around me as well is it being selfish to take care of that reservoir and I would suggest to you that no it is not as a matter of fact the overflow of it is the very thing that blesses people and that's the challenge I think we face The other thing I would mention before I sign off here tonight is that in a lot of cases, we love to spend a lot of our time looking at downstream things. Uh, I would go so far as to say they are downstream behaviors. So when I uh, cultivate and um, nurture lust in my heart and it shows up in behavior later, in struggles with pornography or other things like that. 
I pay attention to the behavior itself. I, I, I hear many, many men that I've talked to over the years, and their biggest struggle is to try to control their desires and their lusts and how it shows itself in pornography. They never once follow back the stream all the way back to the well and, and look at more closely about the nature of what actually feeds that behavior downstream. Because ultimately we clear, clear away all the stuff downstream, but we don't take care of the well. And given that fact, it only continues to befoul everything that comes down from it. So we're, we're fighting a losing battle when we pay attention to downstream behavior rather than looking at the well issues. The well issues are issues of the heart. I would go so far as to remind all of us that when you read the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount only tells you where it happened. It doesn't tell you the content because the content of the Sermon on the Mount is about the human heart. Jesus didn't come to give us more regulations and more laws and more ways to measure how well we're doing. He, he did something far more convicting, and that is pay attention to your heart and what goes on in it. Because if you do that, then the downstream behavior will take care of itself. <clears throat> now, I think it has to be said that that doesn't mean I ignore downstream behaviors. It has nothing to do with that at all. But if I try to do one without the other, if I try to do downstream behaviors without worrying about the well, then it's a losing battle. I've got to do both. And the challenge of that is how do I drag it into the light so that I have walking companions, journey companions that are walking with me through that. Because then I have a, I have a fighting chance to drag it into the light the one thing I have said, and I, I think I've said it on podcasts here, is that anything that I label, anything that I drag into the light, I disempower. To put it in a shorter way, I disempower that which I name. And that same thing is true in the contours and the landscape of our own hearts. That if we have the kind of soul friends that we can actually open the doors and allow people to see that what it is that is coming out of that well, then we stand half a chance at living the kinds of relationships in the kinds of relationships that are truly redemptive, truly built on trust and not driven by control. And that's the thought for the evening, uh, for food for thought for everybody. I am uh, uh, honored that you took the time to spend some time with me tonight. Um, the, uh, uh, I would refer you back and uh, make you aware of uh, the, the, the website, my website called The Dangerous Community. Uh, please be sure to check it out. There are loads of resources there. I would also encourage you to consider if you have the means to do so, and I know that's tough in the midst of uh, people losing jobs and all the other things that go along with that, but um, college students face an interesting dilemma because oftentimes they're the ones that lose their jobs first. 
and they have to, they're going back to school and the last thing that oftentimes is on their mind is their own spiritual development but if you feel so uh, inclined to uh, support us and to give to the fundraiser that I have on the website under the silent retreats at, at CCU, please consider, prayerfully consider, to join us in, in uh, developing a fund to be able to help uh, CCU students who are in need, in need to be able to go to the, those uh, silent retreats. Again, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Actually, it's going to be tomorrow. Uh, Lord willing and the creek don't rise, as we oftentimes say in Indiana. Uh, and until then, thanks for joining me. Love you. Later. Later.